Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Uh, this is another one that I did with the Fresh Take Network. Um, it is the sports rundown. We covered so much ground. I thought, hey, let's just throw it on here uh, so you guys can check out that conversation now. What it is, what it do. Welcome to Fresh Take and the Sports Rundown. Joshua Adam Lamarathon here with one of the hardest working men in the last few days here uh, from Couch Potato Diaries and a numerous amount of other things. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Klein. Thank you. Yeah, that's quite the introduction. Uh, well, wasn't working. I'm mainly working hard on just feeling better this week. Um, yeah. The, the the joys of having a um, uh, a niece who is brand new to the world who is collecting all of the diseases. So this is what they um, do. Yeah, yeah. The the immunity hasn't been built up yet, and so they like to cycle it through us too, just to remind us. So um, yeah, it's been it's been quite the week, but uh, yeah, it's been fun to follow all the sports while slowly getting better as well. Every time my nieces and nephews come from England, it's it's sick no matter oh, what. I can yeah. get a flu shot. I can wear a mask. It doesn't matter. They're going to get you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And this most recent one, everyone kept saying, oh, that's very rare for adults to get. So, yeah, we know. Yeah, still have it. Thank they you. They find Appreciate a way. It. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, look, I there's, there's one team in particular outside of hockey I really want to get to a lot. And Barry is people follow my <laughs> social media post last night. Um, but we'll stay home because I know people, you know, people have heard some of Peter's thoughts. I'll get some of my thoughts, but we'll stay home first and we'll stay with the, with the NHL and to the Saddle Dome last night, Calgary Flames, they beat the Dallas Stars. No thanks to Joel Ottinger making sure that that was maybe not going to happen. When three to two, Johnny Gaudreau exercises some playoff demons, gets the game winning goal and the Flames are going on and we're about to have a battle of Alberta. It's crazy. And it's, it's everything that the flames needed that game to be yeah. um, aside from Ottinger making 64 saves. They probably could have done without that. Um, without but that. it's, yeah, it, it's Matthew Kachuk stepped up and had his best playoff game. Tyler Foley had his best game as a flame. Johnny Gaudreau is the one who seals the deal. We now have the signature Johnny Gaudreau moment with the Calgary flames when his 13 gets raised to the rafters. Eventually um, that, that video is going to be a part of it for forever now. And the people celebrating are going to be a part of it. You, you just, everything that you needed this game to be from a flames perspective, including a win uh, it ended up being, like you said, it was not without um, a couple of speed bumps along the way because Ottinger that's one of the best goaltending performances I, I've seen in in 31 years of existing on this planet 32 years geez I'm man not giving myself enough credit um, but it's uh, that, that was unbelievable what he was able to do and now what it sets up for Calgary and just what that game meant from a Flames perspective and what what it would have meant if they would have lost it to come away with a victory in that is is pretty amazing from a Flames perspective you have to think, I don't want to get too carried away, but you have to think going into the Battle of Alberta now against Mike Smith particularly, you're taking a deep sigh of relief, at least on the goaltending side of things. I'll tell you, yeah. Peter, I was, I was, I went to that game and I did predict three, two stars going into that game. Uh, and when Noah Haffinen missed that wide open in net, and it wasn't even him, it was just Joel Ottinger again, just killing it on the mm -hmm. goaltending side. I was like, I just don't know how we're going to beat him. I just do yeah. not know how we're going to beat them. And then following, you know, what they were saying on the panel after listening to the biz nasty after 
they were saying like you just you there was no way you were going to beat him unless you really really beat him and that's what johnny did going top shelf on him like you had to even the chucky goal right like those yeah. were not like squeaky goals like you had to really earn it against him to get those goals mm-hmm. yeah it, picture perfect shots right like yeah. it, like the both the Gaudreau and the Katruk one there was about a puck size hole that that mm-hmm. puck was able to get through and they, they were able to find it and I saw someone on Twitter to say the Flames are going to be so surprised when they shoot the puck and it goes in um yeah. in this next series because it just felt like every shot you weren't really shooting to score it was hope it bounces off of three different things and finds its way past them um but no that that was it was unbelievable and they were saying on the panel like that there's no weaknesses on this kid and he's 23 he's 23 years old that it's so difficult to wrap your head around that but just the way he's able to get himself into good positions for second and third opportunities it it was it it was infuriating to watch uh but then really impressive uh all at the same time so uh, an absolute stick tap to him i wonder what dallas is going to do this offseason now but I, i think they've got the goalie question figured out you know, it reminded me of is, you know, we're probably getting a world cup next year. I'm like, this is, mm-hmm. and you and I are old enough to remember. I'm like, this is Mike Richter all over again. It's yeah. For people that are younger, when Canada used to face the States, Mike Richter was just the biggest pain in the butt. Yeah. And that's, I think what we're coming back to again is geez, this guy with the mix of like young guys, like Johnny and Chucky and Jack Eichel and some of the Americans they have, like this American world championship team, maybe Olympic team, hopefully in 2024, 2026 um yeah yeah they're just going to be a pain in the ass the face yeah yeah that austin matthews guy isn't going to be a whole oh that guy too yeah i forgot about that yeah Yeah, it's just yeah that's not going to be great um Uh, no they um they've definitely come along over the last little bit that's for sure so ottinger nothing but respect to him uh and for the flames you know you guys kind of talked about it on your pod beforehand peter that you know you needed you needed to Foley to show up. You needed Kachuk to show up. Those, those guys did. And, you know, a great defensive effort from the Flames, too. Not having Tanev in the lineup. We'll see if he's there on Wednesday or not. Uh, you know, Shilly, he's banged up, too. I think, you know, the Flames both, you know, Drysaddle's banged up for the Oilers. So mm-hmm. getting the few days they get is huge for them. But the Flames getting this rest day today, especially with how beat up the defense was getting, was huge. Yes. Yeah. Not having to play till Wednesday, I think is yeah. a very big boost for the flames. Um, I, I would be concerned about Tanev. I feel, I just feel like with Tanev, if he was two days away, he would have played, you know, like he's, yeah. he's that type of a guy. So I worry about that one being a bit more of a long-term one. We're never going to know. Um, but yeah, I, I would worry about that, but know that this break is a huge one. And just to be able to exhale, and reset i'm sure we'll get to this in the basketball but the the boston celtics are not granted that And when you have just an absolute battle of a series like this one was and this was an absolute grind to to just because dallas or dallas and edmonton are two completely different teams like almost the exact opposite of each other so to to now have a chance to okay we have won we have celebrated. Now it's time to focus on this matchup, which is the, the first battle of Alberta since 1991. So I, I think for a number of different reasons that this break definitely benefits the, the Calgary Flames. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of saying in overtime, like there's just no way Mike Smith is going to be able to do this. All like, you know, Smith mm-hmm. has been better for sure, but just like you were saying, Ottinger was just ungodly. He was just another yeah. level of the way that he was playing. And I think you hit it right in the head there, Peter, of the two different styles. We're going to go from some of these two nothing, three to two, three to one games that we've seen. We're going to have eight to four, eight to five, six to yeah. six to four games in this Battle of Alberta. There's going to be some high scoring hockey happening here. 
oh, if you put 67 shots on Mike Smith, you might score 10. Like, yeah. um, so I know it's, it's going to be a lot different and we'll see now how the flames adjust to it. I've been saying all along that Calgary can play any style and that's what makes this team so dangerous. They have yeah. like that core identity of, okay, when things are getting haywire here, what do we do? We can focus back on this one thing, this Daryl Sutter hockey thing, but they have Goudreau and they have Toffoli and they have Lindholm and they have Kachuk and they have all these guys who can kind of play in those track meet styles Obviously, Edmonton has the guy who's the best in the world at it and Connor McDavid, but this is going to be such a fascinating matchup over the next couple of weeks in this province. Before we get fully to the BOA, just last on Dallas. So like you said, they have some decisions to make. There, you know, There's some really bright spots there. I thought Roffle had a great series. I thought the young guy Robertson had a great series. Mio um, Haskinen, I thought, was terrific. Maybe other than Ottinger, maybe the best player they had on the ice in the, in the seven yeah. games there. But as far as Pavelski goes, Ben goes, and Sagan goes, some decisions are going to be had to made there. Yeah, um, well, with Heisken, and it just it felt like every time he touched the puck, something bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, for from a Flames perspective, yeah, um, and that's like for a defenseman to have that is pretty impressive. But yeah, like you look at who uh, even just this transition over the last couple of years, like when the, the Flames played Dallas back in 2020, and who was big then. And now who was big now for Dallas? It's like Ben and Se- Ben was good. Sagan, you forgot about him for a few periods. And then Radulov was barely in the lineup. And those guys I were was very say, did Radulov play? I, th- I think he played game one and that was about it. Um, so yeah, there is definitely a changing of the guard going on in Dallas. The issue is those are big contracts that don't just flutter away. Um, and so what, what do you do now with some of those? Because they are like, you're right. Like if they if they're able to move on from one or a couple of those, you're not starting from ground zero. There, there is already a foundation there with Robertson and Hintz and Heisken. And um, we'll see what happens with Klingberg's contract, but they have yeah. Lindell. And they, like you said, they have, they have the goalie for the next decade um, mm-hmm. barring some kind of collapse here. So do they have a very strong foundation to just kind of cycle through this? Now I, I am very intrigued at what the Dallas stars do this off season. And then for the Oilers side with the Kings, before we get to full boat, well, uh, um, you know, I don't think anyone expected them to take it to seven, you know, even no. to be at three to two, no doubty. Uh, did Byfield even play in the series? I don't, I don't remember really hearing his name much. Yeah, I don't, I think he did, but I don't recall. Uh, like I, I couldn't tell you what the, the, the quintessential Quentin Byfield moment was. Yeah. So he's going to grow and, uh, you know, I quick looked at times, like we kind of talked about the previous pod looked a little bit more like Jonathan quick. Obviously that's not what you want to tie your future to is. They're moving forward. I mean, he's getting closer to retirement in the Hall of Fame than he is to mm-hmm. being a goaltender that matters for you. But, hey, I think if you're the Kings, a promising season for them, pushing a team that had the two best scorers in the league on them with Dry Settle and McDavid, you really pushed that team. Yeah, I, I was so impressed with how LA handled this series. And, again, it was that they were able to drag a couple of these games in the mud. For the most part, it was a track meet. And I think a lot of people remember the LA Kings with guys like Brown and Kopitar. Um, who are very good, but not the fleetest of foot all the time. And the Kings now got some dudes who can skate. They got some guys who yeah. can fly. And the, the future is bright there. The future is bright for, for them. And and I was going to say all the teams in California, but then I remember San Jose existed. Um, yeah. But like all these, all these teams that were annoyingly good for the, the past 10 years are now creeping back into relevance again. So it's, it, it, it'd be nice if we could get a bit more of a break from the Kings, but it doesn't look like we're going to get that. The interesting part is in goal because th- this felt like, um, the, the last stand kind of for Jonathan quick. And yeah. I, I'm sure like, he's not going to completely fall apart now, but you got as much out of Jonathan quick as you could in this series. So I wonder where LA goes now in that spot. 
Yeah, that will be really interesting. And then we get to the Battle of Alberta, which we've, we, we kind of talked about. Number one, it's super exciting. I mean, I was six the last time it happened. So I vaguely, yeah. vaguely remember it. That's like Jordan versus the Lakers, I think was like the last time when that was happening, just to kind of give you perspective of the last time as far as sports around. I think the Lions made the playoffs. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a while ago. Things in sports were a lot different at that point and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun my favorite is on sunday peter there's a six o'clock game yeah i mean they're taking it to us with this 8 30 oh, nonsense on, on for game friday? two. Oh my yeah God. at least it's friday like at least yeah. it's on a friday but still dude. on the east coast how are you supposed to make people care about the battle right. of alberta when that game realistically, so it's at 8.30, but by the time George sings and all that stuff goes, yeah, you're looking realistically at 11 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. Yeah, that gets late out there. I, I remember yeah. living out there for a couple of years, and it was like a um, – it was just like, oh, these 10.30 games start at 10.30 out here, and mm. which means it, it ends after midnight. Like, you, you have to be committed to, mm. to be watching those games. And so that it really is unfortunate because – even if we weren't here in Calgary, um, this feels like the best series of the second round. And so to have it be so late is it's just a little disappointing uh, for sure. And I'm definitely speaking selfishly. Um, well, yeah, on you got to do the pod stuff. right after too, right? So, right. Yeah. 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 We, we don't get to, to wait for a few days. We, we are right up after it on game over Calgary. Yeah, you um, you're like blues, 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 blues. Right. Yes. Yeah. Come on, blues. Um, I get like Colorado is a fine mountain time. Yeah, as well. I'm just saying. Like, um, then you get the Eastern time zone for the blues. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's more fair. Midwest. Um. Yeah. But no, like it's it's going to be uh so much fun, and I I cannot I I can't even wrap my head around what this is going to look like and what it's going to feel like between the two fan bases. Like I just I can't. I can't fathom it because, like, like I, I, I don't remember the last time the Battle of Alberta happened in the playoffs. I was one. The, the, yeah. I, I don't have a strong recollection of that. So for this to finally be happening, and for these two teams, like this isn't a oh, a couple of them squeaked in or whatever. Like these are two legitimately very good teams. You have a Flames team that uh, a lot of people had as kind of a dark horse to get to the Stanley Cup final, and you have an mm -hmm. Oilers team who just has the best player in the world. So and like he can just drag this yeah. team kicking and screaming a pretty long ways. And I, I think that him win or them winning game seven kind of squashes a, a little bit of um, like what, what would happen if like things fell off, would Connor want out? I, I think that that kind of calms down here a little bit, but this is, this is going to be so much fun. I, I can't wait to see the matchups. I can't wait to see the adjustments after the matchups. I can't wait to see how the fans interact. I just, I want it. I'm, I'm happy that we're getting to wait till Wednesday so that everyone has a chance to breathe, but I also want it tonight. Like I just, yeah. I want to see what this looks like. That's a weird thing. I think, today, you know, as a podcaster or broadcaster today is great because there's no NBA, there's no NHL. So you can like, we're doing mm -hmm. record a little bit later and there's no pressure other than watching the awful blue Jays, which we'll maybe talk about a little bit. Uh, and then, so, and I think the thing too, is like, you, you know, there's like a, there's not even a six degrees of separation for people. Like, I think there's like a, a degree of separation. Like everyone knows in their life in Calgary that they have that Oiler fan in their life. Right. Like I have yeah. cla former uh, college mates of that my brother-in-law is an Oiler fan. Like it's, it's kind of all over the intertwining between all of this. And I'm, I'm looking forward to watching an Oiler game with my brother-in-law or, you know, getting the talk mm. trash with my friends that are Oiler fans 
with it all. I think that's something that we just, you know, ha- as Calgarians or Edmontonians or the poor red deer stuck in the middle of it, <laughs> haven't, haven't uh, had the opportunity to really, really experience, you know, you have that January game and you trying to talk your trash and then you move on because it's a regular season game, but now yeah. it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. And one of the things that I think Calgary had some trouble with in the first round that they're going to have to figure out here is controlling those emotions, because I I think it was clear that they got in their own heads against the Dallas Stars in round one. And that I think cost them at least one game in that series and maybe even a couple. And so now when you have the intensity ramped up even more, because those buildings are going to be nuts. What like how, how do they handle this? How are they able to adjust to this pressure now? I, I can't wait to see what it looks like. I, I, I keep saying it, but I can't wait to see it. Um, I, I think there's going to be, there's going to be one game where there's like 200 penalties and knowing my yeah. luck, it's going to be the Friday night one. And yeah. the game's going to be done <laughs> at like three in the morning local time because there were 18 fights and it went to triple overtime. But like th- there is going to be one of those games where it's like, oh my gosh, 1980 just vomited all over this arena. Um, yeah. And I, I, I feel like a broken record, but I can't wait. Bring the other jerseys back to the Oilers. Like, I don't mind those navy blue jerseys as much as other people do. I actually think they're, they're not bad. Those navy yeah. blue jerseys with the orange. But we need, we need the classics for the, for the yeah, sort of they, all-time jersey matchup. Yeah, this has to be classic 80s jerseys the whole way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your prediction? Um, I said Flames in six last That's night. Right. And I'm, I'm That's going right. to, to stick with that. I, yeah, I think right. that the, the Flames' depth at forward is going to be like pretty substantial. I think the flames blue line is better. And I think the flames have a, a pretty big edge and goal. I know Mike Smith played a pretty good series against the LA, a really good series against yeah. the LA Kings. It's not LA Kings team. That's noted for scoring. Now Markstrom hasn't been perfect either, but there's still an edge there. I think for Calgary. So I, I think they do get it done in six, but I think there's one Holy crap. Connor McDavid game in there. Run to the other side of the East, not as in depth. The other ones just kind of a postmortem on Nashville and Minnesota, Minnesota, I guess. You know, good season for them. I don't think as many people thought they'd be where they were. Um, Flurry is a free agent, I believe. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll make it as I would assume he'll be gone. I mean, maybe we'll see him as an oiler next year. Who knows where he's yeah. going to go, depending on what happens in this series. Um, but I, I thought, you know, Minnesota definitely took a, a jump forward. You know, uh, Blues are just Stanley Cup winning team. They kind of just, when it really came down to it, they kind of got their gear set forward with it. But I, I think there's some bright side there for that Minnesota club. Yeah, the issue is they run into a cap crunch here right away um, uh-huh. because like Kaprizov is $9 million. And, and this is why I hated it at the time. They bought out Suter and Parise and that is $13 million in dead cap this year on an $82 million salary cap. That tightens the purse strings up quite a bit. So Minnesota, this... As much as this was like a, oh, hey, okay, Minnesota is starting to do something. This was also a, they kind of need to do more because the time is like, it, it's weird that their window has just opened, but is also closing right away. Um, yeah. But that that's kind of what it feels like because of the salary cap implications for this. So there was, I thought, a lot more pressure on Minnesota to win this series than St. Louis. And I, like, I know it's over. I still can't figure out what happened in the series because it was just blowout, 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 blowout. Like yeah. it was, it was a close series, but there weren't any close games. It was just, it was weird. Um, but yeah, I, I think a, a strong season for Minnesota, but I, I don't know if I would get used to it because there's, th- th- there's some payments that are coming due that are going to be pretty tough. And postmortem on Nashville. They were a team. I did. I, I wrote Nashville off all the way. I, I thought, 
Um, goaltending like was going to take a step back. I thought they had a bunch of guys who were kind of post apex and falling off a cliff and they were able to just come out and like all those guys kind of found their old form. There was no way they were going to hang with Colorado. I, I don't care if they had two goalies in net; they weren't going to, to hang with Colorado. It yeah. looked real bad. Um, and you got a cool story out of the Ingram for a couple of days. That but was super cool. The, the thing is, the thing is, I don't know what Nashville does from here. Like uh, they're another one. I'm pretty sure they're pretty capped out and like they, they kind of just are what they are, that they're going to be a team that's annoying to play against. That's going to get into the first round every year. And then that's probably going to be that. I but don't they think deal they're going to the blow it up. Nashville, the, not the Nashville's the Vegas is we back next year. Anaheim will be getting better. Vancouver, mm-hmm. you know, where they were in January with Boudreaux and he just came back like same with the wild. Like they're going to have to deal with some of these teams next year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, like Anaheim's getting better. And then, the, these teams that we saw, like Dallas, as as old as some of their guys are, they're not going away. So, yeah, no. the, the West is going to be better. I feel like I, I almost feel like this might be the time for Nashville to kind of blow it up. I don't think they will, but I think I, I think that's what I would do. I think we've kind of reached the peak of what this team can do. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, too. And then we get uh, St. Louis and Colorado. And I, the big story on Colorado is it's time to put up or shut up for them. We know we can get out of the first round. This is this has been their yeah. kryptonite is the second round. Yeah, no team has more pressure on them now than the Colorado Avalanche. This is a team that has been built to win for years, and this has always been the stumbling block. That this needs to be a pretty convincing win. And again, it should be. Like on paper, they are significantly better than the St. Louis Blues. But on paper, they were significantly better than Dallas last year. Um, like this is a team that's won the on paper Olympics for the last few years and it just hasn't happened here and that was one of the reasons why minnesota went out and got um mark andre flores because like yes colorado seems like this juggernaut but there is no proof of concept there yet so maybe we can be that banana peel that they slip on now they found their own banana peel in st louis i i don't see any way the blues win this series aside from Colorado just can't do it at this time of year. Like that, that, that is the only thing because when I look forward advantage, Colorado blue line advantage, Colorado goal advantage, Colorado, like it's just the avalanche are such a talented hockey team. It is hard for me to fathom them losing four out of seven to anybody, but I've said that for years now and it just hasn't worked out for them. So uh, aside from this just doesn't work in the playoffs, I don't see how Colorado loses. Yeah. I got them in five against St. Louis. Yeah, yeah Unless, like you said, if Jordan Bennington just goes back to Stanley Cup winning goaltending Jordan Bennington, then maybe they have the vets and they've they they've they've gotten to that mountaintop. So if mm-hmm. we get that St. Louis team, sure. I could even see a scenario where, you know, it's I think it's the douchebag sweep, right? Of St. Louis wins the first game, it's like, oh, what's wrong with Colorado? And then Colorado just wins the next four. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That that's a good one, yeah. Uh, then we move to uh, the eastern side of things. And not only are we getting a battle of Alberta, we're getting a battle of Florida. But to get to the battle of Florida, oh, Peter, I actually at this point, I'm really starting to feel bad for the Leafs and their fans. I am in that mode too. I, it, it's no longer fun to make fun of the Maple Leafs. Um, I, I understand some frustration that they're on all the time and they get all the coverage all the time and all of those types of things. Um, but I. Like, I, I just, I feel bad for them and I want it to work. I, I want to think that in professional sports, if you just have more talent than people, it can go far. And the thing is, 
I don't even think this is a, a talented team that's lazy, right? Like, I, I think Austin Matthews works hard. I think Tavares works hard. I think Marner works hard. I think Nylander works hard. I think we get how it's not working. And when you go up, if this was the first one in the line, then it's like, okay, whatever. You lost the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. You had a really good series. This is something to grow on. But just because it happened now, because it's the fifth in a row, um, it, it starts to, to really wear on you. I, I honestly, I don't think you change much in Toronto. I think you have a really good hockey team with the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's going to be a couple of changes because there always are. I think mikhaev has gone. Um, I would imagine Kerfoot gets moved. He had a bit of a rough go of it. But like, aside from that, like, I, I don't think you blow up this core four in Toronto because I, I just, I think they are so close. I think you look at how the East is stacked up right now. The, like I, I, I think Florida is good, but I think Tampa Bay is better. And I think Toronto would have been better too. Like it, it felt like the path was there for the second year in a row. It's just, there's another stumbling block for this Maple Leafs team. And you, it just, it sucks so bad for them. And I don't really know what the out is for like for the least for this team. We'll talk about like to you know some of these NBA stuff and where they're gonna go and some of these NHL teams that you said, like I wouldn't blow it up if I was Toronto. I think you're there. I, I you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade Nylander. I wouldn't I I'd try to bring back Mark Giordano. I I yeah. don't think there was like Jack Campbell's a good goalie. You just ran into a team that's won the Stanley Cup the last two years, potentially has a chance to win a three, that it's a true dynasty in professional sports we haven't seen that's one of the best built sports teams in, in, I mean, honestly, not to toot my own team's horn, but other than Liverpool, I think it's one of the best built teams in professional sports right now. And that's just mm-hmm. the consistent side of winning. And I thought this Leafs, you know, if it wasn't the Leafs, we would have given them like a, a huge round of applause. I mean, like, yeah. man, what a great effort. Like you did everything you could. I don't think there's any cause to be, let's blow it up and whatnot, because I agree. Like if they would have gotten to face Florida, I would have picked them to beat Florida. I would have yeah. picked them to beat Carolina or the Rangers. I think that was kind of a case in that series of whoever wins this is maybe going to most likely come out of the Eastern Conference. It was just a sh- and we talked about it beforehand, right? Of Toronto kind of wanted to face Boston. It's crazy mm-hmm. as that was with the demons there in that first because Tampa's just so good and Brandon Point's yeah. good and Hedman's good and Veseleski's good. Like this is a team that is stacked with Hall of Famers, stacked with winners. And it's unfortunate they had to be on this other side of it again and have where they are. But I think this is the team that they're get, they're close. And um, yeah. like there's teams like the Capitals, we'll talk about them. They're falling off. Penguins are falling off. You know, who knows how long this lightning thing will last for. It's not like there's other teams that are on the same momentum rise. They are there. There's their stars, Marner and Nylander and Austin and Jack Campbell. They're all relatively young still. This is not the ending point. It's just an unfortunate ending point for this, this season. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it was reversed, we would be applauding Tampa Bay for an incredible series. Yeah. Um, and this is probably going to be the, I mean, Calgary against Edmonton is going to be really fun, but th- this yeah. is probably going to be like one of the top two series of the playoffs. It was just, it was so good that the, the yeah. speed and skill that was on display was phenomenal. And yeah, Toronto just, I, I, I said on Twitter and people kind of poked some holes in it, but Toronto was a goal away. Austin Matthews deflection in game six, oh, that far. From, from sliding in and sending this team on to the next round. And then Nick Paul somehow scores a couple in the biggest game of his life. And Tampa Bay ends up moving on. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's one of those things. Toronto didn't lose it. Tampa Bay just won it. Like Toronto, if that's a best of nine, the Leafs might still win this series. You know, like if they yeah. had a couple other games to come back in, the, the Leafs might still do it. It's just, these are the parameters that are set. I, I don't see a move that the Leafs make that makes them better. 
And that's that's where this team has to be right now. Like you can't yeah. you can't just do something to be different. You have to try to make your team better. And I just I don't know what move you can make with Nylander or with anyone that makes you a better hockey team. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. that's what I said. Like maybe you ring back Geo, you know, you're gonna probably get him on a cheaper, a cheaper deal yep. that you're gonna be able to go with. I thought, you know, he added some veteranship to there. I I I don't think eh. Maybe you make a coaching change. I don't know. Maybe you look at torts. Maybe that's a situation yeah. they look at, right? I mean, I know Vegas was looking at him today as they let their coach go. Maybe they're like, maybe Barry Torch is the guy to get us over. So I, I don't know what the answer there is. I just don't put as much of a choke job on them as this time is just as good as, as Tampa. Tampa's just really good. Yeah. Yeah. There have been other choke jobs like the Montreal one and the Columbus that one are in, inexcusable, yeah. but th- this is not that, that this was a, a Leafs team that was obviously better. And it just, it, it came up short and yeah, trots is the only one I would get rid of key for um, like yeah. that. That is, that's the only, that's the only one, even like with the, the firings today um, uh, that that's still the only change I make. Uh, other postmortems really quickly before we kind of preview the series out, uh, we kind of bundle them together, right. With caps and pens end of an era kind of feels like it uh definitely in in pittsburgh this definitely had last dance feel to it yeah. with uh letang being a free agent malkin being a free agent i think rust's contract is up as well not as big of a part but a, a fairly big part of the, this second chapter of this dynasty and it feels like this is this is the time where it kind of like stops uh but i i don't know because when you have Sidney Crosby, you don't just rebuild, right? Like he, mm. he, he showed in this series series, he's still that guy. Like he is still a top five player in this league, I believe. So for Pittsburgh, like how, how do you waste that? Do you trade him? I can't imagine trading him. So I, I don't does know what Pittsburgh Malkin? does because well, Malkin's gone, right? Like Malkin's contract is up. Right. Um, right yeah. So, so you have a bunch of cap space, which is lovely. So maybe, um, maybe you go out and get a, make a big push for a Johnny Gaudreau. Like, Hey, we know you like Philadelphia, but I mean, Pittsburgh's right there. Um, like maybe you try to, to make that some kind of push for some of these guys. Cause this is a really good free agency class this year in the NHL. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think Pittsburgh with Sidney Crosby becomes a pretty attractive destination as a team that has a bunch of salary cap space for Washington. This is the end of an era. Um, like that, this, this feels like where this team should be like they, they threaten, they test you. They make you sure that you're. They make sure that if you're going on to the second round past the Washington Capitals, you are a worthy team. You didn't just skate by. You you knew you were in a playoff series and you had to work for it. But that's basically what Washington's ceiling is now. Uh, Ovechkin is good. Backstrom's good. But that's all this team is is just good at this point. Yeah, for, and Boston's kind of in the same stable, right? I mean, they have some <clears> younger <throat> guys there, like the McAvoys and whatnot, but there's, you know, some of the older guys on that team too. It's kind of like the, the, the three pillars of what the Eastern conference was for the last decade and kind of just kind of riding into the sunset a little bit. Like, look, if all three teams make the playoffs next year, would we be shocked? No, but I do no. think we're going to see a little bit of a decrease there. Yeah. And especially like a, a lot of this hinges on what Patrice Bergeron does. His contract mm-hmm. is up. Um, I can't imagine him playing for a different team. And so I, I wonder if this is it for him. And he is still the straw that stirs the drink, excuse me, out there. And so because of that, like where, 
where does this team go if he's not there? And it's it's not up. I will tell you that right now. They don't have the center depth to begin with. Mm-hmm. So to, to lose one of the best in the game would be a very difficult one. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, th- this does kind of feel like uh, a full-on – I mean, it, it's been Tampa Bay's world for a couple of years. Yeah. But this felt like a full-on changing of the guard now with uh, with Tampa Bay and with Carolina and with uh, the, the Florida Panthers. Like, this – this kind of next wave of, of quality teams coming in, even the Rangers, like just kind of hanging around that um, they're in this as well, but this feels like a new wave of top Eastern conference teams coming through. And then we preview those two matchups. So the battle of Florida, Tampa and, and the Panthers Panthers, you know, the best team in the NHL this season, Huberto had a great season, didn't get a heart nomination, which I think surprised a few people in there. Uh, I like Tampa in this series. I like Tampa in six. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Um, I, I think like I love so much of what Florida does, but mm-hmm. it's just after seeing Tampa Bay, the, the big thing is though, we don't know what Braden Point is going to be for this series. Yes. And if there is no Braden Point, that becomes a pretty big hill to climb for, mm-hmm. for Tampa Bay. I, I think he does come back and ah, maybe he doesn't. That looked really bad. Yeah. Um, so like that, the, the series kind of shifts based on that because Florida's really good. And remember they had that crazy series with the lightning last year. And I think mm. they learned a lot from that. I, I think that that series kind of drove what happened this year with Huberto and Barkov and a lot of these guys. And then you have the win it for the old guy factor with, with Claude Giroux. So just thinking and about Jordan. it and thinking of them and Joe Thornton, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of options to pass the Stanley cup off to. Um, so just thinking about it. I think because point is either going to be limited or just not existent in this series. I think I actually go Florida now that I've talked it through. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I could see it go. The, the point injury is going to be key. That's going to be mm-hmm. a big deal there. And then Carolina and the Rangers. And if you think Boston fans didn't like Tony D'Angelo. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is going to get ugly. Yeah. Um, I have no read on this series at all. Like I, 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 I thought the Rangers were going to roll Pittsburgh. And they didn't. And I thought Carolina was going to roll Boston. And they, I mean, at the end, they kind of did. But for the most part, they didn't. And so now it's a couple of teams who kind of underwhelmed me in the first round. And one of them is getting to the Eastern Conference final. And it kind of blows my mind. I, I still, I, I think the Rangers are still built for this. Like they, they have a couple of those big grinder guys. New York loves cop. Um, and like Panarin. That goal was phenomenal. Zabinijad showed up at the end of the series. I think they are just built a little bit more for this style of hockey than Carolina is. So I'll say the Rangers, but it's probably going seven. Yeah, I got Rangers in seven. They got the goalie, and that's all that matters at times. Fox has been good. Um, And that Penguin series was something. The Rangers, just to me, I just just see them in Tampa. I've just kind of been feeling that was the vibe that I've been getting was them in Tampa for a while. So Leaning that way, I, I will say as we kind of round it all out, I don't really feel like there is an overwhelming cup favorite right now. I mean, on paper, you would say the Avs, but a, a, yeah. after the first round, I guess they would be them. But after them, I don't really know who the, the next favorite would be to win the cup right now. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like there are a few teams that you could see hoisting it at the end. Like there, yeah. there there's a couple, like I, I don't see it being Carolina or the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, like, any one of these teams, I could like, it, it doesn't seem far-fetched to me that they're going to do it. I still think Colorado is the favorite and then it's everyone else. But I, I think that gap is certainly closing for sure. I guess if I had like gun to my head and I had to pick the Stanley Cup right now, I would pick Tampa and Colorado at this point right yeah. now. But who knows? I, like we said, Yeah, I would do that right too. Now. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's move to the National Basketball Association. Peter, have you ever in your life seen a bigger collapse than the Phoenix Suns? Oh, man. Uh, no, I haven't. Just get, considering everything that was on the line for this team and how everything kind of shook out for this team, um, uh, aside from the, the Lakers team that we all believed in a couple of weeks or a, a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I know you're going to have your fun here in a second. So oh, I I'm to, having to just fun because they were, they were talking their talk. Yeah, I, I will say kind of rightfully so. Like they, they were a very good basketball team for the last yeah. two years, but that was, I don't know what happened. And that is, it is such a bad loss that you kind of have to recalibrate where you think everyone is. Like this is, this is a loss that sticks with Chris Paul for the rest of his career now. Uh, and this yeah, is one Booker. where, yeah, for Booker, like he was working his way up into like the, oh, this guy is like upper echelon dude. Mm -hmm. And now it's, oh, what, what, what is he? Yeah, like, it, is he just a complimentary dude? Because I, I thought we were getting to a point with Booker where he could be best guy on a championship team because I thought Phoenix was going to win the championship and he's the best player. Yeah. And now it's like, man, is this guy just, like, pretty good too on a champ? Like, is he more Drew Holiday uh, th than he is Giannis? And it, it seems like the answer is kind of yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, the way Drew Holiday played in that Boston series, I might rather right. Drew. Like, that, yeah. that's, that is where I am at right now. It's probably going to take a couple days for all of that to reset. I just, I don't know what Phoenix does now. Like the, the Aiton contract now is just hanging over everything. Mm -hmm. And Chris Paul is not getting any younger. He's not getting any healthier. So I don't, I don't know. Like this, this completely changes how I view Phoenix and to a certain extent Dallas as well. And the Nuggets are getting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter yep. back next year. The Clippers are getting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and a healthy Norm Powell, with Robert Covington. They're going to, I, I think the Suns missed the window. I think they missed their window. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't know what my Laker team is going to be like, but if there's a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James, maybe not a full NBA championship contender, but a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah. Uh, those other two you teams. You think Memphis is getting team. better next year? Memphis, Memphis is going to be better next year. They have a trade to make if they want to. You know, the Dubs, yeah. you know, Clay, we'll talk about Clay in a bit here. It's been up and down. Um, but I wonder if they missed the window. I, I think they kind of had their window and I think it kind of popped. You mentioned Aiden, like, okay, like, what are you going to do with Aiden? And, and Simmons and Russell yeah. were talking about this today, like between like Crowder campaign and Shamit, $30 million on your cap. Uh, yeah. And I don't know what you can get for that. I don't know what the trade is out there. I don't know what the trade is for Chris. Like, you know, the, the, this is not happening, but the, the Westbrook for Chris Paul stuff, like you would not do that. That is definitely not the answer. Trust me. That is not the answer. No. Uh, you know, Chris, I just, I don't know where we're going to put him in history now because this was a choke job by him just as much of one point yep. three quarters. And then he kind of padded his stats in that final quarter there. Uh, so that looked really bad on him. Um, just, you know, they were up two nil. So that, that hurts a lot as well. And yep. man, it's, as I was watching it, like, you know, you watch the first quarter and they're down by 12. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Like for Phoenix, that's fine. They can come back. They got the guys to do it. And then it blew up to 20. I'm like, wow. And I, I will admit on trade deadline day, you and I hated that Dallas trade uh, yep. for Dimwitty and for Bertons. And I got to say like, it's, it's huge. Cause it, we did mention like, well, maybe it opens the court a little bit and it did. Cause I just didn't yeah. know where that Dimwitty and that Bertons were. And that Dimwitty showed up. They gave Luca the other guy that they needed to get. And for Phoenix, 
it's it's such a it's such a puzzling loss, Peter, that you almost don't know what to say. Right. Yeah, like it, it's just it's so out of character, and it's such a crazy end to a, a phenomenal season. And like, if, if they just wanted to run it back, I, I think they are still a very good basketball team. Like, yeah. I, I still think that they're that they have an opportunity to win a championship with this team. It just gets a lot harder now um, yeah. because, like the we West talked about before, like all, yeah, the the West is going to get a lot better. I would assume. So yeah, like it, it's. I, I do think it makes you look at this roster even more and, and see because you have an owner that is um, cheap the for the for for lack of uh, mm-hmm. a better term. And so, like, how, is he going to want to spend into the luxury tax for a team that only gets to the second round? Probably not. So, what does that mean for Aiton? What does it mean for Chris Paul? Like, it just you, like I said, you have to recalibrate everything you think of with the Phoenix Suns because of how bad that looked in that game. And I, I thought like, okay, a run's coming, a run's coming. And then the game was just over. It was crazy. And I was thinking, cause you know, you had the rare thing in Dallas, right? They have two game sevens with the stars and the flames game in this game. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, by the fourth quarter, they're like, okay, cool. So the hockey game yeah. is about to start. Mavs are Mavs have already won. by halftime. They were probably like, cool. We won the game. Sweet. So now I can get right. ready for the hockey game. I don't have to stress out about this basketball yeah. game. Yeah, it was very, um, very thoughtful of the Mavericks to do that for for Dallas fans. And I know a lot of the talk is about Phoenix today. I think a lot needs to be about Dallas as well. Um, And specifically Luca like it, it looked like in that series, it looked like Luca was done, right? And not like offensively, we know he's good, but they toasted him on defense. And then I don't know if he just got his powers back from the Monstars and Space Jam or what happened with him. But all of a sudden he was like, it wasn't all defense or anything like that, but he wasn't getting blown by and he wasn't getting taken advantage of out on that court. And I think that made a huge difference. And I wonder if Phoenix kind of thought, okay, that's going to be our break glass in case of emergency. And then we're going to be fine. And they, they got to the emergency too soon. And then it's like, oh, dang, we, we still have a couple other wins we have to do. And Dallas has now figured this out because team defense yeah. wise, Dallas was excellent in this, uh, in, in this game and in the series. And for, for Luca, he just found another level. And I think we, we now have to, to talk about this guy as potentially one of the best in the league already. And like he, the talent he has is unbelievable. The only thing is that he has to know he needs to involve his teammates more and more in these mm-hmm. games to kind of keep them interested. And I think he did a good job of that in game seven. And I got to give a credit to Jason Kidd. You know, he went to the Lakers mm-hmm. for those two years. And I remember when he was in rumors to come to us, and people are like, oh, I don't want Jason Kidd. I don't want Jason Kidd. He's terrible. And I think whatever happened those two, three years he was with the Lakers, he really, really redeveloped himself as a coach. And yeah, you, there was that kind of that ISO clip of his audio teaching, uh, yelling defense to the Mavs in that, in that Phoenix clip. I think he's done a tremendous job. He's really reformed himself yeah. as a quality coach in this league. I think he's done, and he's the perfect kind of coach for Luca, right? Of being, having the, that point guard know it all and being a smart guy. Uh, yep. I think he's done a really good job with that. And uh, you, you hit it too, Peter, of getting him more involved in Luca. And this is a team too that didn't have Tim Hardaway. And I think that's one of the questions right. I had of like, wow, without Tim Hardaway, I don't know if Spencer Dimwitty and some of these other guys can come and even getting minutes from Frankie Nic- Nicolina, like of just playing defense for them. They've been able to get some yeah. quality minutes off the bench from some of these guys. And some people are like, oh, well, maybe it was more of a Phoenix choke than a Dallas win. No, Dallas won. When you win by yeah. that much, Yes, it is a choke by Phoenix. Let's not make any mistake about this. Dallas came back and won this series. And it's because Luka, outside of Steph Curry, because of Steph's history, 
But if you take away that, like overall right now, I think the best player left in the playoffs is Luka Doncic. Yes, I would agree. And I, I would even like, even with Seth's history, I, like if we yeah. did a draft of all the players left, Luka is going first. And yeah. like it, you, <laughs> we're getting pretty close to that just with the entire league. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's not, he's not Giannis and he's not KD yet, but I, I do think it is not out of the realm of possibility that he could get there. But you talk about like some of the, the other guys who have stepped up. It's been a bunch of different dudes. Like Brunson is having the best mm-hmm. run of his career now. Uh, didn't when he steps up big in game seven, even like guys like Bertons who wasn't just like, Oh, he's all right, but it's a bad contract. He was like, Oh, this guy's bad. And he has a bad contract. And now he's shooting and he's making some shots and yeah. Cleaver's making some contributions. Like they're just, they're getting a bunch of contributions. And I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves on this one, but if Dallas does go on and win, which is certainly in the realm of possibilities right now, I know they have mm-hmm. the longest odds on, on FanDuel right now, but like when Luca is playing like that, they can beat anyone. And I think that almost reshifts. I don't want to say entirely how every team builds whatever, but this would be the first time in a very long time that it was just one dude, you know, like, I guess maybe you could say in Toronto where it was Kawhi, but like if we were doing a, a draft from 19 and from uh, the 2022 with the, the 19 Raptors and the 22 Mavericks, I think you're taking like guys like Lowry and Siakam over Brunson anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, aside from that, like I can't think of the last time where it was just like one guy and that's basically it. Like a Giannis lot of had Bruno seven, a lot of Bronco seven stuff has been brought up. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like that. Like it honestly, it, it's kind of reminiscent to me of Mavs in 11 where, where it's, it's Dirk. And then it's just a bunch of role players who are fitting their role to a T and doing it for a few months and then going on to win a championship like that. That kind of feels like what it is for me anyway. And, and, and basketball specifically sometimes, Oh, I mean, Cincinnati, the Bengals had this feel a little bit in football this year, but you just start looking at a team and you're just like, Oh, they kind of just have it. And they just hit, hit that point. And I think the yeah. Mavs have just kind of hit that point. Like they, that was a tough series against Phoenix. And you know, looking the Dubs of the what the Dubs have role has been like. You know, Memphis. You know, yeah, they didn't have job, but I just don't think they were ready for that level yet. And I didn't think there was games where Golden State played particularly well at times. I, mm-hmm. I actually, I don't. I think I'm favoring the Mavs in that series. To be honest, I think the Mavs are going to the NBA Finals. The I haven't. I'm not ready to make, I guess we'll, we will in a second here, but as, as I thought through it today, I'm like, I just think the Mavs are going to go because I trust Steph, but at times Steph has yeah. been wonky this season shooting clay. I just, I just haven't seen it from clay this year. Yeah. He had a good game no. six and he gets to have the pomp and circumstance of that, but clay's not there. You can't trust Draymond on the shoot. Kaminga's not ready for the moment yet. I love Wiggins Canadian kid. Happy got his all-star, but very inconsistent at times. And losing GP2, yeah. I think, is going to be huge for them in this series just defensively. Like, like you have guys you can, you know, may, maybe throw into Steph here and there. You can get Dimwitty or Frankie Smokes or whatever to annoy Steph. Again, you can't guard Steph at all. But I, I actually feel in this series, you can get guys that can guard Clay. You can get guys mm-hmm. that can guard Wiggins. I don't know who the Dubs have that's going to be able to guard Luka. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, do you put Draymond on him? Um, and then what does that do to, to open up the rest of the floor? Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it's he, he presents just such an interesting 
uh, challenged because of how big he is and how skilled he is. The, the thing with Golden State is Poole needs to be the third best player in the series, mm-hmm. right? Like Luca's probably going to be one, Curry's going to be two. That if Golden State's going to win, that three can't be Brunson or Finney Smith or Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be Poole. And if Clay wants to show up, now would definitely be the time. Um, so, like, I, I just they they need Jordan Poole to be everything that he has been over the last little bit. Um, and so I, I just, I, I think, I think I'm going Dallas too. I think it's probably going to be a seven game series again, oh, yeah. um, but I, I am going to go Dallas in this one, but it's, it's going to be so much fun. I'm way more excited about that series than the Eastern series. I think these series will be fun, but I'm way more excited for this one just because of how the shooting on both sides will be, uh, as for Memphis, I got nothing bad to say about them. Like, you yeah. know, they, they, they have their window is a, a, a an ocean right now. They yeah. have the biggest window in the world. They have so much stuff on here. If they wanted to trade for Brad Beal this summer, they can do it. They have all the assets in the world. I can't remember what. I think if it's not like I said, I think if it's not like top eight, the Lakers pick becomes theirs too. So they have a potential lottery pick coming to them and a very deep lottery this year that they could swing as well. So. Yeah, I guess the only thing maybe Memphis does is maybe move on from Steven Adams, but at times you kind of like him as a grinder. Um, yeah. Maybe you make a decision if you want to move Dylan Brooks for something. Um, but yeah, I think slow-mo's contract is up. Slow-mo's um, so they'll up. Have to yeah. do, they'll have to yeah. do something with Anderson and figure that out. But no, you're right. Like the, this is such an important off season for Memphis because mm-hmm. it, you're right. Like it feels like the window is wide open and it feels like they are, they are the next team. Um, and now like you just, you can't screw this up now though. You, you have to continue to build on this and you, you have to make this team better going into to next year. Cause like we said, the West is going to be better next year. Memphis needs to approve along with it. I, I very much agree with you that I think they can. Um, and I, I think like they should be like swinging for the fences, trying to, yeah. to get uh, another star in there. And I don't like, I, I like a lot of their dudes aside from Morant. I don't know like how many untouchables they have on that team where like, Bang. if you want to go out and yeah, Bane as well. Yeah. Um, but like, if you wanted to go out and make like a real home run swing, you can do that with this roster. Cause they just have so many pieces and they have so many pieces behind those pieces that can come in and be bigger pieces for you. Like that they are, it, it is such a wonderfully built roster right now. They could trade triple J and I don't think it's the end of the world for them. No, I would agree with that entirely. Yeah. Um, they could be I, a Donovan just, Mitchell. God, it, oh, I wouldn't go down. I am so out on Donovan. Mitchell. I agree. Right now. I'm just saying that's, that's. They between they're at a different level, but then there's that Minnesota and New Orleans young team level too. And it's yeah. like, okay, what are you like? Some of these teams in this offseason, there's not as like as big as the free agents as there are in the NHL this year, but there's going to be yeah. some moves that are going to be really interesting for some of these teams because we also know, like, like I said, the Clippers, they're going to be healthy finally next year. And yeah. New Orleans, they're going to get Zion back and we'll find out what this whole Zion thing is this summer. And then Minnesota is such an interesting team to me this offseason, right? Of everything they're yep. going to do there. And I, I just got to say on the Minnesota side, Patrick Beverly, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm pretty over it with the Pat Bev This stuff. sucks. This is not fun. Yeah. This is stupid. It's not like, I, I love what Matt Barnes replied to just saying like, dude, like you're not at Chris Paul's level. Like just shut up. Like I don't need you yeah. coming on and they, People are like, oh, he's going to be a great analyst because he doesn't give a shit. I'm like, no, JJ's a great analyst because he doesn't give in a different way. Patrick Beverly's just coming and talking trash because he doesn't like Chris Paul, right? And I thought Dane yeah. shut him up pretty well 
on social because he's yeah. he's just a little pit bull that can't be with the other big dogs, the Chris Pauls and the Dame Lillards of the world. So he's taking it out on all of them because they choked. He's he's not at that yeah. level. Yeah, like I remember, like what was it, Dame, who was like when uh, Beverly flashed up his stats. Dame yeah. was like, yeah, because no one bothers guarding you, um, yeah. which is such a, a great clap back at that. But yeah, no, like that's like, oh, he's he's so he just doesn't give a shit. No, he gives too many shits. He gives so much of a shit about like what people think of him that he has to try to put down one of still like the top five point guards ever in the National Basketball Association. Like, get yeah. out of here with all that. Like, it's yeah, I just, it's just it's so lame and it's just such loser shit. So, no, get, get out of here. Really with that. hated it. I look, yeah. I already have a problem with him from the past with some Laker stuff and the stuff he did to Braun. He was talking shit to Braun this year yeah. saying, oh, you're, you're done. It's like you're talking to like, like, I get like, you know, there's guys that talk trash here and there, but like talking to trash, the second, third greatest player of all time, you know, even yeah. to Brody, who's an MVP, who's going to be a hall of famer. You're not going to be anywhere near there. Like you're going to be one of those guys, Patrick Beverly, 20 years from now, when, you know, you're out with some buddies like, Oh yeah, Patrick Beverly. Yeah. That's a name. Yeah. Much of the way I'd be like Jamal Tinsley. Oh yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a, a hardwood classics on and you're going to see him guarding someone and say, oh, yeah, he was he was kind of annoying to play against. That's right. And yeah. then you're going to move on with the conversation like that. That that is that is the extent of it with him. But you nailed it, it was loser shit. It just I just I had no time for today. I was getting clips from somebody's and like this is he's coming back on ESPN tomorrow as a station. I get it. It drew in social attention. It put up ratings yeah. for first take. I understand why you do it. I don't like it. But I understand why I just I've never been a Patrick Beverly fan back to when he was the Clippers. And then just kind of going back to with uh, with Minnesota, though, of um, I don't know what they're going to do with D'Lo. That's going to be a really interesting side with them, much like, you know, some of the pieces that are going to get moved this season. I mean, there's all the Zach Levine stuff, right? Well, one of these teams will Memphis move cap and try to be a Zach Levine player. Boy, that would be fun. If nothing else, that like it'd be like Lob City 2.0. Some of the yeah. highlights that you get out of there would be incredible. The the one, and we, we kind of touched on them there. I, I still wonder if Dame's available out of Portland. Um, now I, I don't know if that's a perfect fit with Memphis because that's a, a whole lot of guys who like to handle the ball. Um, but I I, I wonder is if he Dame available is available. For Phoenix? Maybe, right? Like um I, that, that's the one that can really kind of turn this offseason is if all of a sudden Dame Lillard's available. Cause like the Gobert, Mitchell, Nick's stuff, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just don't, don't trade Gobert to the Raptors um, for anything of note anyway, but just in general. Yeah. Don't do I was, I, did um, we talk about that the, the last week? The, Cause the Gobert stuff heated up like since we last talked. Yeah. That's so I, it doesn't make a lick of sense. Like it, it makes a little bit because he fits defensively. They don't really have a big rim protector. Like here's I get the deal. It, you can but, do a sign and trade for Boucher. That's your trade. Utah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what? Here's a second in 2026. Like that's that's what this dude is worth right now. That the, the the defense falls off in the playoffs every single year. There is a like it, it is clear how to play this guy off the floor now. So just don't. It would be fun to see what Nick Nurse could do with him, but I'll try it out on a video game. I probably won't because he's boring to play with because he can't do anything offensively, which is what this team needs because they can't score in the half court anyway. But regardless, um, like the, the the stuff out of Utah and maybe the Knicks. Like that doesn't interest me as much, but if Dame is available, then all of a sudden now you have my attention. I would say it's really interesting before we get to the East this year in the playoffs, the NBA side of things, like, you know, team, like we talked about the Leafs, they lose like, Hey, don't blow it up. You got something there. Right. And mm -hmm. you know, a few other teams, 
the NBA this year, like when teams, some of these teams have lost, like, oof, yikes. Yeah. Like with Utah or with Phoenix, I think because maybe the windows are where they are. It's just because of some of these mega powers coming back, I think plays a factor in it too, specifically with Denver and the Clippers of just yeah. like, yikes. Those are two mega title contenders and even Brooklyn to a degree, right? But it's all another guy that's a loser talking shit this year was, was Kyrie this week as well. Just an idiot doing his GTA live hit. But, you know, with the, with the Clippers, you just like the way the Clippers built that team up, like they got Robert Covington and they got Norm Powell. Like yeah. those are not small pieces. Those are going to be pains in the ass next playoffs. Oh yeah. Like this is, they kind of, it's funny. Like they, they built up this team that was really difficult to play against. And then they kind of blew it up to go out and get Paul George and Kawhi. And then they didn't have those guys this year. And now they've built up a team again that's really difficult to play against. And now you just get to plunk these guys in there. It's going to be, they are going to be dangerous next year. Obviously, we have a full offseason to play out and a lot can change as we just just discussed. Yeah. But they have to be at least one of the favorites for a playoff spot next year, depending, of course, on health. Like we're, we're, we're banking on full health for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, which can yes. be a little bit tricky at times. But no, they, they look really good. Oh, it's like my team, right? I, I'll just say this. I talked to Coach Francis about this at the, the live uh, sneaker swap pod you can go check out, which is really, really fun event and everything like that. The Laker thing, I think people are getting a little carried away with it now, Peter, because this is the team that still did win a championship two years ago. And people are yeah. acting like, this is a shit show. It's done. It's over. We still have LeBron James. We still have Anthony Davis. Look, there is definitely teams like Denver and Memphis and the Clippers that we talked about. They're going to be ahead of them for a championship next year, even Phoenix still. But let's not just go like, this is done. That's all I'm saying. It's not done. It's pretty close. Like you said, people talking about it like a shit show. It, it, it's, it's a shit show. The, that Genie Bus interview with, with Bill that was, not great. was all over the place. Yeah, that was like not the great. person running the team. That's that that's a concern for me. And I just I don't know what the like, okay, you got rid of Westbrook. You still don't have anyone. Well, on the not anymore, Peter, because if you heard what today was, every coach they're asking, how would you play Russell Westbrook? So he may be back. So then where where's the improvement coming from? Where are they all of a sudden like all these teams are getting that by we haven't even talked about New Orleans who had a hell of a playoff series and might be getting Zion back or whatever they're going to get in return for Zion. It's a healthy um, AD is kind of what you're hoping for. Right, but the rest of the roster still can't shoot. The rest of the roster still can't defend worth a lick. You still have LeBron who is probably going to show his age at some point. I'm not gonna bet on it, but to just to just assume that like he he had the second most he was the number two scorer in the league this year and this team didn't get into the play-in and so we talk about all all these teams in the west who are going to get better and a couple of them are probably going to fall off for sure but the lakers have to jump over all of them it's not like with phoenix or okay well that gap is closing it's like no, no 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 the lakers have to like get to where those teams were this year and then leap over the improvement like it's just it, it is possible because lebron james well, all things are possible with lebron james and if mm-hmm. you have a healthy ad who knows what he is doing then fine but also a healthy ad hasn't been a guarantee for a whole lot in in his yeah. career either and so i just i think that this team is actually pretty far away from anything in the west yeah i don't like Sorry. i said i don't know where the title no it's fine i, I don't know where the title thing is the coaching thing will be very interesting to see where that goes. So we'll see. Anyways, they're not really as a relevant team right now uh, as where everything is. And as far as the West goes, so we're both on the side with Dallas. Um, move to the East. And, um, man, you want to talk about hats off. Johannes Antetokounmpo, man, just 
it's just unbelievable. Oh man, 200 plus points, I think 50 assists and over 100 rebounds in that series alone. You can say, well, if they had Chris Middleton, maybe, but we don't play, you can't play in what ifs because they, yeah, they're what ifs for a reason. Boston won. Boston was a better team in that one. Al Horford, whatever he found for the fountain of youth. Can I give that to AD, please? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can I give that to Anthony Davis? Because I would really love that because, man, Horford's been great. Um, Boston and Miami is an interesting series. I have no idea really what to think about it from the Miami side because I don't know what Miami is because I think they've just gotten breaks for the first two rounds, realistically, from their matchups compared to what Boston's had to go through. Um, but, and for Milwaukee, we talk about the Phoenix window closing. Milwaukee's window is fine. They're fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you have Giannis, that, that window is, is wide open. That was so incredible what he was able to do all series. And like, I don't, I don't view this as any kind of whatever. Like I think Giannis kind of ran out of gas because he's played a lot of basketball over the last little while. And then with no Chris Middleton, he has to take on another role. And like his playmaking got better as that series went on. And I, it, it was weird. Like it, it felt like Milwaukee was playing pretty well. Like they, they were leaving the non-shooters open. They, they were accepting that. Okay. If Grant Williams beats us, Grant Williams beats us. And in the end, Grant Williams beat him basically. Oh yeah. And like the, the one thing I was kind of waiting for Giannis, like he was getting everyone else involved and that was awesome. You're kind of waiting for, okay, now it's my turn. And it never really got there. And I think he just kind of ran out of gas a little bit, but it's been so dominant. I'm not worried about him even a little bit. I think he's the best player in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. I think drew holiday took a step up in these playoffs, in the absence of Chris Middleton, um, they they got to figure out some of the depth stuff because Grayson Allen is Being playing. Devin Chenzo, that yeah. surge trade which we liked, bit them. If they had yeah. Dante, I don't know if they. I don't think they maybe would have won the series, but they missed a Dante Devin Chenzo like a player because it can't be Grayson yeah. Allen, it can't be Pat Connington. Devin Chenzo is a different level of player, and they kind of missed that level of player. Yeah, they, they missed that three-point weapon out there. Like, uh-huh. the, the idea of a Grayson Allen or a Pat Connaughton is fine, but it, it needed to be elevated a little bit. And so I think that's something that needs to be adjust or addressed because you're right, like, the DiVincenzo loss, um, I mean, self-inflicted, but that one that one seemed to come back to bite them. And I, did Sturge even play in this series? Like, I barely noticed he him out there. He so. played two minutes in that yeah. series. I, I think that's the one thing for the Milwaukee is Brooke – and that's and Serge will be gone. Serge may be done in the league. That may that may be it for Serge yeah. and move to Toronto and open the restaurants and just live the Toronto life, Serge, because you'll definitely have it out there. I could definitely see yeah. that happening for Serge. I mean, I the problem for the Bucks is they don't have capital because I would be like, man, if they could just get Miles Turner, that would be such a game changer for them because that would help. Like they can get that post position if they could somehow swing at Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Type of he, type of deal for them, that would be huge. But they can yeah. just kind of work around the edges. I mean, even if they just go and get Javale McGee as a backup for a post mm-hmm. position there, and they find like a nice like wing defender that they can pick up, they'll be fine. They'll kind of work around the edges. Milwaukee, yeah. I, I think the over under for Giannis is probably two, three, three championships. Giannis yeah. will win another championship. This was not the end. It's just. Um, Middleton got hurt and Boston's a really good team. I mean, we didn't talk, we talked yep. about Luca being maybe one in that draft and maybe we're Steph. Jason Tatum is probably a second to be completely honest right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, and like he was, he was so good in that game and um, like Boston as a team 
is going to be very difficult to deal with now for Miami. And I just, I I don't know. I don't know what Miami does. Like I, I get Boston's going to be exhausted after this and Miami probably won't be. If Kyle Lowry isn't ready to play for Miami, I just like Jimmy Butler is going to give it a go for sure. But I, I just think Boston is too good for Miami in this series. And with Tatum now, taking that step into superstardom, as you've said, that this is going to be a difficult Boston team to beat. Yeah, I, I'm actually, I feel bad for the Heat because it's been everything on the other team they faced, which we get the rip apart Philly and James Harden, which is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Uh, first, I feel bad for Embiid because I do feel like this is a superstar oh. that's just, maybe we're going to look back kind of maybe like a Patrick Ewing in some ways and be like, what happened? Why did this guy never get a championship for how good he was? And he was a hall of famer yep. MVP candidate every year. What happened? Like, why did he never get it? And by the time he, uh, Patrick Ewing got help with like a spree or Larry Johnson, he was done and he was beat up and then he didn't play that finals against the Spurs. Like he was done. And I almost wonder if that's, what's going to happen with Embiid because they're going to bring Harden back. What the deal is we're all waiting very interestingly to see it, yeah. I mean, if he there, you know, I would have loved to see what this Heat team would have done against the Raptors. That's mm-hmm. would have been a real, a, more of a test, quite frankly. I think it would have been a much more grueling series if they faced the Raptors. It's just the Raptors had that one bad luck with that MB shot. And again, I don't want to play what ifs, but I think that would have been the more difficult game for the Heat. And I think the Raptors would have won that. And I think if it was a Raptors versus Celtics series, I think there is a lot more intrigue right now, to be quite frankly. I think we're kind of missing out on that being the better of the series just because the Raptors took a little bit longer to get their shit together and had to kind of catch up to Philly after getting off to a bad start. Yeah, and it just they they kind of ran out of legs toward the end of that. I I really do view Boston as just better than everyone now. Um, So I, I don't know if, like, if you had a healthy Joel Embiid and he was able to power through the Miami Heat, I, I still don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how I would feel about them going up against Boston. The, the Philadelphia conversation is so interesting because it's just layer on layer on layer. Danny on layer Green's layer, gone, right? right? Danny has to be yeah. done. 36 has years old, be. torn ACL. I love Danny Tar Heel. Um, you know, what helped the Raptors win the championship, helped my Lakers win a championship. Well, did he help my Lakers or did he hurt us win the championship? I don't really know. Um, leadership. But- leadership at 36 years old coming back from an ACL and look he played major minutes for this for this team too I I know I just don't think Danny Green could at at 36 years old I just think that's it you'll be a great TV person I think there's no doubt about that I just I just don't know if Danny can come back from there and um for Philly too like you mentioned layers like it uh, comes back to the summer with Jimmy Butler right when they decided they'd rather have Tobias Harris and Al Horford, then JJ Redick and Jimmy Butler. And I think that decision came back and bit them in the ass. If they decided to have JJ and they decided to have Jimmy, that's probably a championship team, maybe in the bubble or maybe another year, maybe they're the team that beats out Milwaukee last year, if they keep that core together. Um, And now you have James Harden, who's just not James Harden anymore. He's discount James Harden. I don't know what, their future is i don't know what it is in an eastern conference where the raptors are only going to be better uh detroit's i don't want to mention them in that level yet but detroit's they're you know they're going to be a frisky team next year keep an eye on detroit uh and you know boston's where they are the heat or where they are i i don't really know where philly and chicago we'll see what their offseason is my point is i don't know where philly is in this conversation i think 
they're in the worst possible spot they could be in as a Raptor fan. You're very, very well, aware well of this position. It's we are good enough to make the playoffs. We are not good enough to win a championship. And I don't know if yeah. Philly is a city that's good for that. And if Joel Embiid is a star for that, right? Like th- th- yeah. th- that feels like such a waste of one of the most talented players in the league right now. And like, w- w- like this has the opportunity to be an off season that sinks Philadelphia mm-hmm. because if Daryl Morey is just rock on loyal to, to James Harden is like, look, we, we told you we would get this thing done in time and it, it didn't, but this is the contract we were going to give you. So here's a max contract. Then this team is screwed because he's not close to a max player right now. And like he was basically the third best player on this team because Maxi went past him. But a lot of that, too, is Harden fell back. And I think that there is a major, major concern there in Philadelphia right now, because like you said, like Green is gone. I don't know what happened to Thibel, um, like around the, the vaccine wow. stuff. Like he, he was just he was just gone all playoffs. And like after that, there, there just there isn't a whole lot there and there needs to be more. And you can't get more if you're paying James Harden that much more so no philadelphia that this is a, a real difficult balance does anyone want to go to philly do you want to like i get you'd want to play with mb but do you want to play with harden yeah i wouldn't um i want to play with Embiid, but i i don't know like the the harden maury aspect of this just makes it so much more difficult because if he's with brooklyn and he's playing like this uh, you can probably just get rid of him um but because there there is that connection that those two have it, it just, is he going to do that to a guy who he's been so loyal to for the last, however long it's been? I don't think so. And what they could have gotten for Ben, they could have gotten Halliburton. They could have got like, they could have got DeMontis Abonis. Is DeMontis Abonis a better player than James Harden? Maybe right now he is. I don't know. Maybe a better A lot fit. of players they are right got, now. They could have got that, that, that Portland package with CJ McCollum and Larry Nance and a few other pieces. And maybe that would have been better. I, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know if I'm a Philly fan, but guy we, we talked about is, Peter really elegantly put into my, what my Lakers are like, I'm a Philly fan. You're not as much of a shit show, but you're in a similar situation of like, I, I don't know where up is. I do not know where up yeah. is. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like teams in the East are going to be getting better too. Like Charlotte's going to be better. Um, I, I think Cleveland. Yeah, Tony, do it, year. Charlotte, do it. Oh man. That would be crazy. Do it. The Chicago's the interesting one there. Cause they lose Levine. I don't know what that team is. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, not good would be what that team would be. And it's like, I wanted to see what Chicago could do with all the pieces put together. Cause you know, I was high on Chicago coming into the season with the moves that they made. And then it made me look so smart at the beginning of the year when they were just beating everyone and then injuries happened and they never got that back. And it's like, you could say this about a lot of teams, but if they could have just stayed healthy, I think that they would have been a real problem in the East. And I think really shaken things up in this conference. Yeah, like I said, the team I'm looking at there that I will not be shocked if they get a plan is, is Detroit next year. With Cade, have Sadiq Bay there, have Jeremy Grant. If they win the draft lottery tomorrow and they can get Chet or Jabari Smith, Detroit right. is going to be a pain in the ass for teams. Yeah, no, that's very fair. Like, I, And I know it's not a team that a lot of people are talking – and even Orlando, like Orlando, they got, they got some – they've got – the rebuild there has gone a lot faster than I think a lot of people realize – and then there's teams like the Wizards and the Knicks that are just like, we have no idea what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, as, as right as I was about uh, like Cleveland and Chicago, I, I looked right for a second on Washington and then holy crap, that fell apart. And now they just have like a bunch of guys who are okay. Um, yeah. And not a lot of space to do anything with it. They so, got yeah, the big Washington's three. What are you talking about? Bradley Beal, KP <laughs> and Kuzma. 
right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's great there. I think you're, you're right. How, how could I forget about that? Yeah. Uh, the Eastern final, like we, we kind of talked about, but, but I, it, I just don't see it from this Miami team. I think it's, yeah, I call them the most disrespected one seed, but it is what it is. I think it's because some teams were tanking to get into certain positions more than how good the heat were in all respects to the, to the heat there and heat culture and everything like that. And if you're a Raptor yeah. fan, I think you kind of maybe won the Kyle Lowry trade. Maybe, I mean, like, because you're able to turn Dragic into Thad Young, who played real minutes for you, then maybe, yeah. yeah. It, uh, and Precious it, turned it, into like, something. Yeah. And, uh, man, I think Precious is right there for taking, like, a huge step next year. Yeah. Um, but uh, this, this isn't a Raptor part. This is a, a Heat part. And, yeah, like, they, they need Kyle Lowry to have whatever is bothering his leg get figured out very quickly because they don't have a hope if he isn't back to hundred percent, because if he's not like smart's going to eat him alive defensively. And I just, I think I feel that way with everyone. Like, I, I just feel like that there isn't really a matchup advantage on the floor for Miami aside from like hero yeah. and Struess just hit a thousand threes. Yeah. Bam, I guess is kind of an advantage to them, but Bam isn't a, a, a world eater offensive guy. Right. Right. Um, I, I, I think, I think he'll get there eventually, but in, in this, the year of our basketball gods, 2022, he, he is not that. Um, and even then, like if, if Robert Williams can get to somewhat healthy, like I, 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 Bam is a better player than Robert Williams, but defensively Robert Williams can at least cause some problems for Bam there. So it's um, no, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be Boston in five. Um, I, and I think it's going to be that, that sweep you talked about earlier, the, the douchebag sweep where mm-hmm. Miami gets one and then Boston's like, okay, well, my, my Milwaukee season's over. We've, we, we've celebrated. We've kind of, okay, now let's get back into this business mode and take care of business. I, I think Boston wins this one pretty easily. As we've talked about both sports, I got to say NHL round one, I think dominated the NBA playoffs for round one, I think. And even going to round two, I think there's better storylines and I'm the NBA guy here. I think may I, the, cause it's, it's funny with the NBA thing as, as fun as these, you know, there's been some fun storylines and, you know, Dallas and Golden State will be fun. And, you know, watching mm-hmm. the Celtics team has been fun. I feel the NBA, it's a lot of, let's just get to the off season because that's where the fireworks are going to be. What happens with this Laker team? And yeah, what is that happening with the Harden contract? And what's Memphis next big piece? Whereas like the NHL, like, we're like, we're not even really thinking about that. We're like, okay, like what's happening with these matchups? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and there, there's been a lot of really good basketball play, yeah. but it's it's the storylines involved in all of them that haven't been quite up to, to where we wanted them to be like this. The second round, I, I thought was a bit of a dud. Um, it was and a it, lot it, of it kind of, Yeah, and it culminates with two game sevens that are decided by like a thousand. So yeah. um, when, and then you counter that with the NHL who had multiple overtime game sevens. Um, yeah, the, the NHL, I think, gets an advantage here over the last couple of weeks. I think when we get down to um, when we get down to the NBA finals, it's going to like I even like the, the West final is really interesting to me. Oh, yeah. But the, like we said, the East final is just kind of eh, like I'm Miami is neat to me. And I, I don't. <laughs> that's a, that's a yeah, they're, they're just, yeah, they're just, yeah, they're neat. Um, and, and so I it, it's tough for me to get into to that series. It's kind of a bummer because as the, the schedule sets out, at least early on, the, the Flames matchup is on the same night as the West final in the NBA. And it's kind of a, oh, I've, I wanted that to be reversed. So that Flames off days, I could watch uh, Golden State against Dallas instead of watching the first 30 minutes of Golden State against Dallas and then focusing on hockey. What's a better, and look, again, I'm really, a Heat fan are just going to hate us. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. yeah. What's a better NBA finals, Celtics and Dubs or Celtics Dallas? 
man. Uh, I like both are great. Um, mm. I, I think, I think it like from a, a playing standpoint, I think it'd be better if it was Dallas. Um, yeah. like I just, I think there's more in the, the new bird there. versus Dallas is going to be kind of fun too. Uh, yeah. The Celtics. Yeah. Um, but like with golden state, like it'd be like, it, okay. That this dynasty that took a dip and is now back up. Like we've yeah. talked about this during the regular season. We haven't really seen this before. Like aside from mm-hmm. Michael taking a couple of years off to go play yeah. basketball, but even then the bulls were a playoff team. Um, we, we haven't seen a team like go dynasty, 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 lottery dynasty. Like it's mm-hmm. that, that, that's a really weird roller coaster that you don't see a lot in sports. And so I think the storylines would be there, but I think from a basketball standpoint, it'd be Dallas against Boston. Yeah. All right, uh, just a quick few things here, and then we'll get out of here. Be remiss if I didn't talk about this shit show that is the Toronto Blue Jays quick. Yeah, it feels like all of Canada has kind of forgot about the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays have kind of forgot about the Blue Jays because they're just not playing yeah. like they normally do right now. Um, like the, the offense. Man, yeah, no kidding, hey? Um, the, the offense is just sputtered, and Ugh. it's – it's starting to become a concern and it's frustrating because the pitching has been great. Like um, Gosman is the, if the season ended today, uh, Gosman's the Cy Young winner and Manoa has been great. Uh, Barrios has had great moments, um, but, but he is, he's been hit a, a little bit hard, but like Kikuchi has been, I think everything you could have wanted from, from him when the, the Blue Jays brought him in. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think it gets figured out. I think they'll be fine. I think yeah. that 30 games in 31 days just kind of wore this team down and they're yeah. trying to get back at it now. And it wasn't just 30 and 31. It was 30 and 31 against exclusively excellent teams minus Cleveland. A lot of Yankees. Um, a lot of Yankees who are playing great. And a lot oh, of Houston yeah. who's really good. Um, you got some Boston who aren't playing very, very well, but I think a bit of that was contributed by the Blue Jays. Um, so no, it's, it, it's a concern, but I think that it, it's just, they're playing well against, or they're, they're playing teams that are playing well and that's making them look not as good. Once they get an opportunity to, to take three out of four from a Baltimore and then roll into a series against Cincinnati and stuff like that, then things will get a little bit easier for Toronto. Yeah. They have Cincinnati over May lawn. So that's always a good cure for everyone. Anytime yeah. you can't win a game when you pitch a no hitter, that's a... we oh need God. to get Joey Votto out of Cincinnati please. yesterday. Yeah, please. Uh, as we're recording this right now, the Jays seem to get their offense going back a little bit as Bo and Matt uh, Chapman have both hit home runs. So then those are two guys you want to be hitting a lot yes. more. Yeah. Yeah. Two guys they need more contributions from for sure. Uh, my uh, Liverpool wins the FA Cup. And like I said, like this has got to be one of the best. Is Joran Klopp the current best coach in, in sports right now? Oh, man. Look. I, I don't know if he's the best coach in the premier league. Like Pep is still really good. I know, I um, know. And, and man city is, that's the thing. Like you look at what's going on right now in the, the premier league, like you have um, obviously Chelsea has a lot going on right yeah. now yeah. with uh, different ownership things and stuff like that, that, that have kind of been a banana peel that this organization did not necessarily see, but Chelsea was a tremendously built roster. And Liverpool was a tremendously built roster and Manchester city is just winning. Um, and now we'll, we'll see what, what happens here down the stretch, but like, it, it is crazy that you have three teams that are this good um, battling for the, the top prize in English soccer. And like, like you said, Liverpool is a tremendously built team and Jurgen Klopp is an amazing manager. I don't want to take anything away from it, but I, I just like Manchester city just has that yep. thing 
about them right now where it's just, Oh, right. And they they just beat everyone. Yeah. 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 It's, it was a fun F. I mean, I I had to watch it back and replay it for my sister spoiled it, but going to penalties and winning another cup for this Liverpool squad. It's very, very exciting. And unfortunately, like we should be getting time to get ready for this world cup coming up here, but we just had to have it in Qatar. Yeah, that's going to be uncomfortable in November. That's um, that that's not going to be fun. So really exciting for them. And then the last thing is Drew Brees comeback. Ugh. Man, I I mean he might. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I mean he's not good as a TV guy. I think that's very clear. Oh, he's terrible. But, and Brady, but, I don't know yet either, which I'm going to get to in a second. But he well, he's going to be rich if nothing else. Um, mm-hmm. The thing was, Breeze was terrible in his last year as a quarterback, too. Like, he he couldn't make any of the throws. And so, Try like, telling my Saint friends that, because they want it bad. It, it'd be, it would be cool to see him out there. Like, if you're going to lose anyway, you may as well lose with a guy who you're, you kind of enjoy. But then that's a lot of punishment on a body that doesn't need it anymore and an organization that should be going in a different direction. Like it, like they do have a good receiving court with Thomas, with Landry and uh, drafting Olave. And who knows what happens with Alvin Kamara. Uh, He has some legal stuff that he has to, to get sorted, but I understand wanting to get excited about this and having a quarterback that you're familiar with. But at this point where, where Drew Brees was when he stopped playing and where Jameis Winston is now, that would be a downgrade. So don't, don't do it. Don't, don't let nostalgia get in the way of actual facts. How pissed would you be if you're Jameis Winston uh, where the quarterback market is, where you could have gone to Indy, you could have gone yeah. to Atlanta, you could have gone to Carolina uh, and you could have, you know, been a starter to any of those places, but you chose to be loyal and went back yep. to new Orleans. And all of a sudden they're saying like, sorry, Jameis, it's all good. We're just going to bring Drew back in. And then to a different degree, Andy Dalton is just like, I thought I'd be the backup at least. And now I'm the third right. string quarterback here. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. Like it just, it, it's, it's pointless. Like it doesn't make you better. It, it just causes problems. It, it I, I don't understand it at all. I think Drew, it's very selfish the way he handled it yesterday. He should have just mm-hmm. let the rumor mill happen with everything, but then, putting out that tweet and be like, I may play. And then getting excited from like the Landry, the Landry thing is like, man, this makes me want to play. It's like, Drew, like you're not Tom. You can't do this kind of stuff, especially, you know, with the fan base in new Orleans, you're the greatest player they've ever played for them. They love you. They're going to bite any single word that you do in this media landscape. We have now is going to do it, you know, but you're not, like you mentioned, it, it, it wasn't Marino Jacksonville bad, but it was going to get there and it could get there and you've been away from football for a year and maybe you got healthier, but you're just not Tom and the studio thing didn't work. And I think some of these guys go to the studio thing and think it's going to work. It didn't work for you. It didn't work for Witten. Um, And now he's just kind of looking like, well, I can still play. And we have these, like, I think he looks at that offense. Right. And yeah, we'll see what happens to Alvin. They still have Ingram there and Troutman and then Taysom at the tight end Mm -hmm. position there. And, great receiving core and better O-line. Like, Oh, get the weapons. I can, I can pass. I can make this work. It's like, well, I don't know, man. Can't though. Like you just, it's not there anymore. So just stop it. Like it's, it, it it would honestly, it would be sad to watch. Um, Like I I get Peyton's last year. He was terrible. And he won a super bowl, but this team isn't that like, it, it would just, it would be really difficult to watch and just pointless. The only thing for him I'll say is you're in the NFC. 
we, other than the Rams, and I guess just giving the benefit of the doubt to the Packers, we don't really have a favorite from there right now. You don't have to face anyone from, but you, you know, you're facing the AFC West in your schedule. So you're facing the Raiders mm-hmm. and the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Broncos all once as yeah. well, right? Like I looked at the Chief, at the, at the Saints schedule. It's like, well, you're facing the hardest division in football and good luck, you know, facing some of those AFC West teams. You're going to have to face Khalil and Choi Bosa and then, yeah. You're going to have to face Chandler Jones and Max and so forth and so forth. So I, I don't really know. I'm kind of where you are. You also have to face Tom Brady twice a year. Like that's, that, that's not going to go great either. No. Um, and also Sean Payton isn't there anymore. Like no. a, a lot's changed. And, and so like, just, just stop it. Just stop it. And then on the Brady side of things, uh, I don't think he's going to do this for like two years, but it'll be really interesting, Peter. If let's say they lose the NFC championship is Brady. Yeah. Fox is doing the Super Bowl this year. Um, is Brady going to work the Super Bowl if he loses? I, if it's the NFC Championship, I don't know. But I would guess, like, if he's out in the wild card round or the divisional round, I would yeah. guess he's back by the Super Bowl. Yeah, at least th- there will be at least some form of Tom Brady representation at the Super Bowl, whether he's in the booth with Burkhart and Olsen or whatever they, they do. That would be so rude there. to great to Olsen and they're like, hey, Greg, good job doing all season. Anyways. Bye, Tom yeah. Brady's doing the game. Yeah. Um, but like I I wonder if he would be like some kind of studio guy or yeah. like some kind of film session thing or something like that. Um it, it, but I I don't know if he's gonna be that good. Like he's he, he's an interesting human because of his story and because like we we like rich people, but he he I I don't I couldn't tell you eight things that he said in his life like nothing stands out so yeah um I I don't I don't know if he's gonna be that great at this and he's gonna get paid a lot of money for it but yeah I don't know I don't know either it's I've I have the NHL uh app right now so I've been able to watch some of the stuff on T on yeah TBS Wayne (laughs) is fine Wayne is fine I don't know if you've been able to see any of Wayne's analysts at all he's good but I, I there it's much like the deal was with magic it's there is a there's a thing that's different with some of these players that are at that level it's a lot harder for them to verbally talk about greatness and breaking down things than them just playing with it and even with romo who's fine quarterback borderline hall of famer he's even falling apart because now he's been away from the game like one of the reasons romo was so good is he was connected to the game and now he's away from the game for a while and look you know i'm also like kind of pissed at someone that does play by play it's kind of shitty that you know these guys that are just big names they get the get the big paydays when there's guys like kevin harlins and dick stockton's and guys that could go on and on with that are the real people that are the storytellers that should probably be getting the payday shout to joe book for joe buck for getting the payday but those are the guys I think you should be investing more the guest Johnsons in the world than really some of these former athletes. Cause those are the guys that kind of really make it go. Yeah. When you have a good color guy, it, it's great, but to have a Jim Nance or Kevin Harlan, that's way more important to me. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I would agree as someone who was also adaptable mm-hmm. in play by play, but like that, this is where the NFL broadcast landscape is right now. Like these guys have turned into stars um, like starting with John Madden, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I think people kind of went away from it for a little bit. I think for a while, the look was important with guys like Sims um, and, and Theismann, but now Romo has changed the game a little bit. You can't just come in and say, oh, well, that guy wanted it more and, and just be done with the, the day. Like we, Romo has elevated what we expect now from a football broadcast. And also like just 
football fans are smart now. Like we have Madden where we're playing like all these things. I'm not saying like, because I'm a video game player, I know what Bill Belichick's doing, but like we have a good idea of what like all these sets are and what all these coverages are. So I'm going to need more than, Oh, he looked off the coverage and threw it for a touchdown. Like we, we need that next step of analysis now. And I don't know if Tom Brady can get there. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to find out. And Oh, and then the last thing is Montreal. Going finishing with the NHL. They won the Shane Wright sweepstakes. The draft will be in Montreal. Can't say that the that's in Mar St. Louis seems like a good coach there. Seems like they probably will draft Shane Wright. Uh, a nice core maybe developing in Montreal despite having a lot of offseason questions. Yes. Yeah, this is a very interesting offseason for Montreal, but it's something we've talked about. Like this is a team that like the last Stanley cup featured the Montreal Canadians in it. Yep. Um, and like this year was a disaster, but you kind of knew what it was going to be with Carey mm-hmm. Price dealing with, he, with what he was dealing with and Shea Weber is just not coming back. You knew that this was going to be an adjustment year, but now if you can start with a core of like Caulfield with right, it's a pretty good place to start. Like Suzuki. And yeah. And Suzuki as well. Yeah. Like all of a sudden it's like, okay, Montreal's got something. I, I don't know if they're like, they're not cup contender or anything like no. that next year. They're going to be watchable. Um, and now, like you said, though, a lot of interesting decisions to be made for Montreal, but that is going to be a party weekend for the draft. We're seeing in these NHL playoffs. My last point is how important a number one center is, especially to win a Stanley cup. Yeah. We're also seeing in these playoffs, how stupid it was that Montreal let Phil to walk because he was oh, excellent. Boy. For the LA Kings. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a bit, we didn't even get to that point of him, but he was, uh, he was tremendous. Uh, everyone have a fantastic week. Make sure you check out Peter on the, uh, the overtime side of things. Uh, and you've, you've play by play stuff come up here in the next two weeks too, right, Peter? Yes, I do. Uh, this weekend actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, doing some more stuff for HN live, uh, all weekend long down at Winsport. So yes. yeah, check them out. It, it's an amazing service that they provide for uh kind of young hockey players in the city so excited to to get that going we got dogs coming up in a couple of weeks which we're we're both very excited about and then yeah couch potato diary because i was sick this week um it it kind of took a a bit of a hiatus and there's a lot going on around here right now uh Mm -hmm. but it'll get back on track here and then um after every flames game game over calgary is um with myself and Audie james on uh sdpn so check us out there and of course always the twitch stuff Yes, twitch.tv slash primetimepk as well. And like I said, we did a bunch of stuff at uh, Sneaker Expo. Is it starting to slowly come out? We had the live pod, which this is the last thing I'll kind of mention. You've done lots of remotes, Peter. It's a very, Uh really interesting experience and a pain in the ass to edit after. Oh, I could imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, we just had to do like doing the remotes. We just did a live and then that was the show. Um, yeah. So to, to have to edit it and, and make it sound different, that, that would be quite the challenge for sure, I would bet. Like, I'm glad we don't really, uh, the, the, the music in the background was the hardest thing to kind of figure out. Oh, yeah. People get mad about that stuff. Yeah. So trying to figure that out. And like you, you do the intro for the pod is like, hey, like, guys, like, it's a good pod. Just, you know, just kind of deal with it. All right. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah, check out all those great things. And until next time, folks, cheers and enjoy the day, people. 
All right, that's the show. Uh, thank you guys so much. I know the schedule's been a little bit wonky. I have been sick for the last little bit, uh, but we will get back on track here in the next little while. Thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Uh, all right, that's the show. Talk to you guys later. I'm out.